I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Exclusive, exclusive. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> you would start off with that. <coughs> now you got me all choked up. <laughs> That's good. Um, man, so my mom is in visiting uh, for our little girl, you know, was born. Gosh, she's what, seven days older. Uh, something Nick's over laughing. I'm laughing. Now. I can't stop laughing. Uh, it's just a great word. Exclusive. But um, anyway, a few like a few months ago, my mom asked me, hey, how can I get Netflix? And oh, I love like, these. I love these conversations. I was like, hey, it's super simple. Actually, we can just add you on our account and add her on our account back when we were home for Christmas. So she shows she's gonna up get house. She's going to get stuck on your profile. Watch all kinds of weird things. And then all your all your like homepages are going to be thrown off. Your timeline no, she, is going to be all messed up. Oh, that would be brutal. But she she has her own profile and stuff. Anyway, she's she she's knows how here. to get to it. That's the key. <laughs> she does. She knows how to get to it. But, but my wife was like scrolling through things. And she's like, "Oh, look at this! Literally everything. the The Messiah. I've seen it all. Seen every episode. Everything they're gonna. She's I've seen that. She's Watch seen that. all the shit. <laughs> she's obsessed. She she's like she's all in. She's like, what was life like before Netflix? And so I feel like we're at this moment. R.I.P. Blockbuster. Yeah. I know that's. So anyway, her, her long story short, her life is just completely changed now that Netflix is in her world and she's watching everything. That's the same thing Thank that you. happened when I gave uh, my dad several box sets every like birthday and Christmas of Everybody Loves Raymond, the DVDs back before like Netflix <laughs> and stuff. He used to have to wait till it was shown on TV and watch them and then he was able to, to watch them on DVD and it changed his life and now he can just quote them all so he doesn't have to watch it. Also, small, small short story. My wife ordered something online. I promise it's going to tie in. You said DVDs and it made me think about it. She ordered something online from Walmart and I had to go pick it up today, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But, you know, wife says, wife just pushed out baby. So she says, go to she Walmart, does, yeah. pick up something. You go do it. And you jump so I go how there, far, how long? <laughs> but I had been to Walmart. I've been out, all this different stuff. So I, I literally said, going out the door, I was like, hey, if I go pick these up, I get a toy. And what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy something from Walmart. And... So, and I just realized once I got to Walmart, I'm like, dang, the days that I was a kid and it's like, I used to use that as like a bribe or anything with my parents. I'm like, oh, I want a Hot Wheel or any type of toy. So, Pokemon cards. And, like, and I, I don't want to buy like a DVD. I don't buy DVDs anymore. Who does that? Or CDs or. Get those huge bins, want- $5. And you're like, who buys these? I know. So anyway, I didn't even get anything. I just left i'm like this is depressing how did that tie in you're so it just proved that you're a very you boring DVD, person you said dvds and i thought about buying a dvd today and i literally it's like no I, I don't know if i'll ever buy a dvd again it's not like we don't have an interesting game to talk about isaac's over here talking about not buying dvds hey On- talk, talk about talk about things that are uh past time the spurs and dvds there you go <laughs> Shouts <laughs> on today's show. After we got talk, done talking about DVDs and Netflix and all kinds of stuff, we will break down the Mavericks 109 to 103 victory over the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. 
Yeah, take that, LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, wait, he didn't play. Take that, Tim Duncan. Oh, wait, he's on the bench. Take that, Tony Parker. Can I keep going? No, you can't. So the Mavericks win this game. There's a bunch of stuff to get to. The clutch situations were kind of weird. Porzingis, big game for him, 28-12. and Luka, 26, 10, and 14 assists. His Nick, tw- I, his twenty first triple double, his twenty first triple double of his career, twenty one wow. triple doubles before tw- the age of twenty one. You just ruined my stat. I was going to give you a this stat is- that you hadn't even heard it before yet. <laughs> Literally, that he had tw- he had twenty one triple doubles before he turned twenty one. I think I saw fifty accounts tweet that it was his twenty first triple double. <laughs> you know, if you take seventy seven and you subtract twenty one. You get 56. And you know who was born in 1956? <laughs> Luca's mother. Therefore, look at it right there. Luca's 77, mom was not 20. born in 56. I will she wasn't at all, but I, I was Clearly. just trying to do it one of those number things to be like, whoa, look. Divide that look. by 12, it equals it equals 824. <laughs> Which is how many seconds no, it that's took Luca. two numbers. To- <laughs> Shout out to Kirk. Kirk, we love you. <laughs> I love I love ribbing Kirk about the uh, numerology. Anyway, man, we are so sidetracked on this pod. I um, don't even care. Luca, 21 triple-doubles. This is just a, a, a fun, uh, I guess, fun finish, but it's just a good win. Like you, you walk out of this win, and it feels good to get that win. Um, Spurs are not that great of a team right now. They didn't have LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, DeMar DeRozan you know, scored points, but other than that, um, you weren't super worried about him. Uh, anybody else, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, it was Good triple double for Luca. Porzingis played well, and uh, man, do we want to run through the end of this game? Because man, <laughs> there was just so many weird. Not worried. So many weird things that happened, and yes, we did get a little worried. So, all right, coming up, let's get into that. Let's actually talk about basketball. Coming up, let's get into this game. Break down the end of it. Mavericks win. Let's talk about it. Coming up. All right, Isaac. Let's get into the end of this game. So the Mavericks. They kind of controlled this game pretty much the whole time. They had it felt like a ten point lead at the end of the first quarter, all the way through the end of the third quarter, and then in the fourth, um, when Luca and Porzingis were on the bench, it felt like the Spurs were starting to come back. They did make a comeback. They ended up taking the lead for the first time since the very beginning of the game, and uh, with four minutes left, even it was tied, ninety six to ninety six. At this point, what were you feeling? Did you feel? Confident the Mavericks could come back and win, or were you like, oh, man, I'm getting nervous about this? I mean, you have to get nervous, no matter how much of an optimist I am and how much I want to be positive. We're talking about a team that's lost a lot of clutch games this year. So After this win, 12-18 and 18 in clutch games. Yeah, so what? I mean, we're six clutch wins away from at least being 500, and uh, the fact they've already lost 18 of those games, then you have to be realistic and be like, yeah. I was worried that this was headed towards the 19th one. Think about that, though. 23 losses overall. 18 of them have been clutch games. Yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, there's a a silver lining of it. We did a whole pod on clutch and clutch losses and why, all this different stuff. But if you want to find the silver lining of it, hey, well, at least they're not getting blown out all the time. At least they're not the Hawks or something. Had man, they had to catch some strays. You can't just that was the, that was the first team. I, I just I saw the logo on something. So uh, Mavericks are tied. We're not going to go into the refs again. Uh, but I'm very I can't. I'm I'm, I'm just I'm drained. surprised Cuban didn't didn't throw off some tweets. Didn't fire off some tweets in this game. Which by my, the way, re- still waiting on the Atlanta yeah. ruling for the protest. Still waiting on a fine for Cuban. Um, that might be a good sign 
for the Mavericks. Like, I have no idea, if no information, but it just feels like they would have, if it was a no, they would have ruled on it really quick. That's just my guess, my intuition. It, if it would have been, you know, no, we're not going to grant this protest. We're going to just find Cuban. Then they would have said no. But it happened in this game again where the Mavericks got called for a goaltending and then it got reversed and then they got a jump ball right afterwards. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't understand. Why the, yeah. the, We can't keep going back to the Hawks game, but it's still open-ended. We still haven't heard of an official ruling about it from the league. I know. You thought that would come sooner. You know, we're on, what, Wednesday? You listen to this on Thursday. Maybe something comes out, you know, before you listen to this. But, you know, I think Woj tweeted about it, was it Monday, saying that, you know, they're holding off on the fine, uh, you know, going to see right. this whole thing and waiting for. the entirety of it. and. Yeah, I mean, you saw uh, if a lot of you've been on Twitter, you know, the clip of uh, Cuban on uh, Sirius Radio where he was talking about it recently this week and saying, "Hey, they're they're confident in it that they're going to win this and all this stuff." And so, you know, we haven't talked about it much on the pod over the past few days because we're just waiting, like a lot of you. We're, we want to see how this thing plays out. I want to see what the fine is. I want to see how uh, the ruling goes on it. I want to see if they're. <laughs> I, I just there's so much stuff that goes into it if they want if they make them play the last nine seconds of that game, but uh, we, ha- they don't we would play have again. to do That's something. That's a thing. We would have to do something really special for the pod and everything to build up for this a nine second game. That'd be amazing. Pre-game, post-game, maybe maybe live during during the nine seconds during the nine seconds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there uh, is there is a live possibility. On the horizon, I'll just I'll just Ooh, throw that out teaser. there. I'll throw that out there for all of the uh, the diehard, the raccoon squad, the uh, you know the day one listeners. There is a live possibility for games coming up soon, so uh, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's gonna there. be wild. But back to the Spurs game. Um, the Mavericks did they were successful in that um, that goaltend. It was reversed. The Mavericks got a jump ball, um, and I thought just Luca made some some. Big plays down the stretch, which sounds you know super, you know simple, but that's just what it comes down to: is your best player has to make plays, and Luca did in this game, despite the thumb injury and his hand was bothering him a lot in the fourth quarter. He even had a turnover that was basically because of that thumb injury he sustained in the first quarter um, or in the first half. And uh, but he came up big and he hit some shots. He got Porzingis some shots, and uh, yeah, the Mavericks played team defense. I thought too. Force the Spurs into shots that they're not used to taking. Harp said that the Spurs were a good three-point shooting team. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's been watching some Spurs basketball, but ooh, I didn't hear him say that. <laughs> I thought I heard that. Maybe I heard him wrong, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So the Mavericks end up, you know, pulling this one out uh, on the backs of Luca. Yeah. You know, that, that fourth quarter run, you know, when the Spurs, you know, in the fourth went and took the lead, you, yeah, everybody was worried about it. But that, I think it was the 13-0 run or 11-0 run that they went in there uh, at the middle. Or yeah, I think it was started as a 9-0 run, then it was a 12-2 run, and that's pretty much what sealed it. Yeah, I mean, that was just, uh, I mean, that's the, the ball movement in that run oh, in that the fourth was, quarter. That was great. Absolutely beautiful. That Dorian pass out to Luca over to Seth in the corner. I thought Dorian was hitting KP driving the lane on that play. He, he went right past KP uh, to Luca. I, I thought it's just you. You see the difference, and, and not to go back to the Dudley Luca stuff, but 
when he's you know he says the whole like Luca is this unselfish superstar, and it's like Luca you know is is learning to pick his moments in these big scenarios like this. It's not a James Harden. We're gonna give it to one player at the top of the key every single possession, clear it out. Let's just do ISO every single time. You're getting that mixed in. Like you're getting an, an ISO of Luca a couple times here and there, but you're all also getting you know pass, move, cut, all this stuff, and getting guys like Seth Curry, Dorian, KP. These guys shots in the clutch too. So the, it's just their offense in that 11-0 run, whatever it was, it was just a thing of beauty. It was awesome. And that that's the that's the positives of not making a huge trade um, just to move parts around, right? That these guys are starting to get to know each other. This starting lineup has, or this lineup that, clo- that closed with Luca, Porzingis, Dorian, Hardaway Jr., and Curry, they've played together a lot. They've started together now, and they're continuing to work together, and all these parts seem to have you know, spent a lot of time together, and they know tendencies now they know where each other is going to be there's not a lot of turnover mistakes where they're throwing to guys that aren't there right like there's just a lot of cohesion it seems like in this group um you know in situations like that and that's just it's super positive to watch and it's it's interesting to to think about you know this team come playoff time are we going to get more of this or are we going to get more of the frustrated you know luca one-on-one everybody else is just frozen not knowing what to do yeah, and I, I thought, you know, building off your point there, people getting more comfortable. Luca post game talking to Harp, I thought that was really telling of just where he's at and his comfort and the offense. And, and go go and find that somewhere if you can. But KP says, you know, basically crediting where he's at right now and his the groove that he's in, which I'm so happy of the level that he's playing at right now, the work that he's put in the, just the full thing from ACL setting out last year, everything, this groove that he's in right now, this is the scary part to where other teams across the league are, you know, especially in the top half of the Western conference, they're looking down at these, uh, the teams five through eight saying, dang, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this Dallas duo to click before the playoffs because you don't want to face that. Like you don't want to face a star young duo in a, in a playoffs like this. And if KP's clicking and Luca gets fully healthy, that's when it gets really scary. But KP was talking about post game to Harp of saying, yeah, things have changed since I went to the five. You know, I'm, he literally says, I'm not just standing around the perimeter anymore. That's telling that's in big. itself because you even go back to earlier in the season, that post in one of those post games where he says, he's like, Hey, like, I'm not used to shooting this many threes, you know, like that, that's when, he, you know, he said that. And that was the first sign of like, all right, is he really embracing the stretch four role to where they're just making him basically shoot eight or nine threes a game. Now he's in the five spot. Now he's picking and rolling and not just popping. But how much of that is either, you know, your Dwight Powell, Carlisle changed his role, right? Like the, the classic you know example of that. How much of it is Porzingis becoming more comfortable? How much of it is, Dwight Powell literally being out because the action for the Mavericks was Dwight Powell sets a screen, Porzingis is out, you know, you know, on the on the corner and on the three point line, and basically just standing around where what he was talking about. Uh, how much of it is is Porzingis just getting more comfortable, Luca finding Porzingis more, or just Porzingis now becoming the initial ball screener instead of Dwight Powell? Because I feel like I, think- it's, I feel like it's more, you know, a necessity of Dwight Powell being out that Porzingis has moved into this role. 
No, for sure. And I think it's a combo of both because I don't think he could get fully comfortable unless he's playing this role that maximizes all of his strengths. And now Chicken he's and egg. B- yeah, because <laughs> because him him at that stretch four spot, he was, you know, kind of just, hey, let's run the pick and roll with Dwight. And then you got, you know, KP kind of running, you know, out on the perimeter. So him now transitioning to this, and he mentioned that in the post game to Harper saying, "Now I'm setting the screens for Luca. Now I'm you know running more of a two game, you know, two man game with Luca. Something that we thought we would see. It would be like kind of in the back pocket that they would pull out come playoff time in some of these fourth quarters or something. Kind of like the KD Steph thing that you know Golden State yeah. hardly ever ran it, but then they you know they ran it you know when when it when it really counted in the playoffs and." But now they're finding that groove some, and you're seeing. He mentioned now. Now he has the the choice. Now he has. He's. They're kind of empowering him to. KP, you make the choice now. If you want to pop, you pop. If you want to take the ball and you want to you want to roll or you want to drive to the basket, you do that. So, I think that has given him more confidence because if you're KP and you're looking at it saying, man, at one point I was a top 15 player. I was an All Star. I was going to be one of the, you know biggest all you know superstars in the league. And now I'm fully back. I signed my max contract, but now you're just making me a seven foot three Clay Thompson. I don't know if he wants to, you know, we don't know if he wants to do that really. He seems like, which I mean, not really, I'm not like speculating. If you just look at his post game things, like, hey, I'm not used to shooting this much. And even tonight, I, you know, I was just standing around the perimeter. This is what he wants to do. He feels more comfortable when he can do these things and show his versatility on the offensive end. So it seems like he is. Like everything is clicking right now for him and for the offense. And I think really the next like big step for the, because everybody's clicking. It feels like, I mean, from Tim and everything, I think the biggest step is getting Luca healthy at this point. Yeah. That's the biggest for ever, health for everybody pretty much. But with Porzingis, you know, it, it felt like what you're just saying there is, Oh, we want to make Porzingis happy. Oh, we want to make Porzingis happy. Like he signed the contract. He's here long-term, you know, what, why do the Mavericks have to make him happy? But, Porzingis, when he is at his best, the Mavericks are at their best. When they have that yeah. that bona fide secondary scorer, that guy that can get you a bucket, um, and even if Luca has to kind of create that bucket for him, if he can, you know, finish and be, you know, a huge guy that can finish plays, uh, that's massive, and that that really raises the Mavericks' ceiling. So it's not just all about you know the Mavericks trying to placate to Porzingis and what Porzingis wants to do. I think this also raises the ceiling. So which leads me to this question. And we'll do this coming up. If Dwight Powell was healthy and Porzingis was playing like this, would he be starting? Talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. I don't know if that was that great of a tease, but if Dwight Powell was healthy though right now and Porzingis was playing like this, I feel like I would much rather have this lineup playing than with with Dwight Powell out there. Now, there's some times when I would want a, another big man to guard some of these bigger guys, but I'd probably rather put Maxi in and bring Dwight Powell off the bench at this point. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, okay, let's just say if Dwight Powell came back in two weeks, what would they do? Because I think if, if Dwight never got hurt, we might not ever see what this fully looked like, you know, coming because, because Dwight would still be playing in the starting unit and there's so there's there's two of those now. There's if Dwight never got hurt and if Luca never got hurt. Maybe that's our what if one of our what ifs for this summer. Oh, I think I think I think the Dwight Powell thing is bigger than the Luca thing, because Dwight getting hurt forced them to put KP at that five spot, and now we're seeing some of this. Now now I think we're seeing a synergy between 
uh, more synergy between Luca and KP because of that. But yeah, um, would we? I okay. If they said Dwight Powell could come back in two weeks, no, I don't think he starts. Well, because he's coming off injury. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying, if he was like coming back fully healthy, and they had the choice of saying, "Hey, we're going to go back to what we did before." Or we're gonna keep rolling with what we have. I think they would keep rolling with what they have. I think he would. I think Car if, on Carlisle's end. I think he it would depend on matchups because that's his thing. Mm-hmm. I was watching the, the Thunder play the other day, thinking of Nerlens Noel fondly about matchups. I think he would play him against some teams, but I think more often than not, they would stick with this lineup. If Dwight Powell yeah. came back, yeah. Because I, what I would want them to do though is in in situations like that, start Maxi instead, bring Dwight off the bench because then Dwight as the roller. With Delon Wright, with JJ Barea, I think that's better of an option than Maxi. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of a yeah. He has better but, chemistry with JJ, but but we're also not dumb about this too. Is saying, hey, like tonight they played against a Spurs team who didn't have Aldridge. They didn't have you know one of these bigs across yeah, the league. Trey that Lyle started starting with at the five. <laughs> now. They still, you know, Spurs had 55 rebounds tonight compared to 43 of Dallas. So you you lost the rebounding battle. I mean, you won the game, so that's all that matters. But so I get tonight, you know, in a lot of these matchups, you know, going against Houston or going against some of these teams that go smaller, you're like, hey, this is fine. But when you go against some of these teams that have some bigger guys in the middle, yeah, you do lose some of the, you know, I, I, I got a couple tweets tonight, which Willie didn't play tonight. Somebody tweeted at me and said, why isn't Willie getting any He's minutes? Out for, like, he was out for personal reasons. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like I don't want to burst Shell's bubble, but he's not available tonight, yeah. so that's why that's why he's not playing. Um, but no, I mean this is this has been something we've talked about all year. Is when they were going to put KP at the five, we thought it was going to be something in the playoffs. Now they've been forced to do it now because of the white entry, and it's working well. And it's working well until you know. Let's see a matchup and you know which Luke is healthy, KP's rolling, in which it you know doesn't work well, and then we'll go from there. But it's scary. I mean, you can't help to watch tonight, even though the Spurs, you know, they're struggling, they're not going to make the playoffs probably. And you can't watch it and you're like, man, what? what's the like full potential of this offense? <laughs> what's the full potential of this team, you know, come in a month or so when it, it gets playoff time? Like, what if they're fully clicking? Like, what if Luka is fully healthy, come towards the end of the season, KP continue this, continues this run towards the end of the season, and Tim Hardaway still firing in all cylinders and everything. What what would be their potential come playoff time? What would be the expectations then? The buzz of the fan base. I don't know. That's just what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm thinking about. What if they had drafted Zion? If they had gotten the number one pick? Uh, speaking about high draft picks, did you see Mike Fingers' uh, tweet today from the uh, San Antonio oh, Express yeah, he News? Covers the Spurs. <sighs> I thought this was hilarious. He tweeted out today, says, was talking, was talking Rick Carlisle about the delicate stuff that comes with committing to a rebuild and looking to the future in the middle of a losing season. As a coach, you probably, you probably always were trying to win the game, right? And Rick, Rick responds with, you don't want to ask that question. He said with a grin. Hilarious, hilarious. Because how many times over the past couple of years that we would joke and be like, "Are we sure that he was trying to win that one?" <laughs> and uh, anyway, I just thought that was a, a great tweet that I thoroughly enjoyed. Today I saw uh, uh, Matt from the Locked On Pistons podcast, and he was like, "Ran a bunch of tankathon simulations today," and I was like, "Oh man, I'm just 
I'm really glad we don't have to do that again this year. It's just it's amazing the turnaround that the Mavericks have made. I mean, we're just we're still in awe of how quickly it's turned around. We've gone from you know Mavericks I used to t- to- type like T in my my search bar and just go automatic <laughs> to Tankathon. Turn on Tankathon. Oh man. Okay, looking ahead, the Mavericks are at the Heat on Friday, at the Timberwolves on Sunday, at the Bulls on Monday, home for the Pelicans um, March 4th, that's a Wednesday, and then home for the Grizzlies on March 6th. That's their next five games coming up. Yeah, and the Heat are not killing it right now either. I no, think they've lost uh, three of their last four, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Since you know, the All-Star the game, break, they haven't been that good. Yeah, so the game's at home on Friday. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but it's, it's Luka's twenty first. It's twenty. Oh, what I say at Miami? You said at home, but oh my bad. Um, it's Luca's twenty first birthday. If y'all didn't know that or not, so I'm uh, excited for that. We joked about this yesterday of saying who will be the first uh, Maverick that will post something on their Instagram story that night after <laughs> the game about Luca's birthday, uh, wherever they're at, whatever place they're choosing to celebrate that at. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But after that game, yeah, you said it. it's the T Wolves again in Minnesota, Chicago. Man, if they can, you know, get past Miami on Friday, those next two games are very winnable games. And you're looking at a, you know, a five game winning streak at that point, right? Yeah, it should be should have been a lot longer than that. We they should be on a five game winning streak right now at that Hawks game, but you know, true Pro- protest be danged. Uh, hey, you never know. It <laughs> could turn around. Yeah, two-game winning streak right now. Heat, if they can beat them, Timberwolves, Bulls, and then Pelicans, Grizzlies. Those are going to be fascinating games, especially at home. Um, Grizzlies are really injured right now, and they're not looking that great either. They're on a four-game losing streak. Their first four-game losing streak of the season, by the way, which is kind of crazy thinking about where Who did you say, the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies, yeah, their first four-game wow. losing streak. Um, I saw, I think Mark King from uh, Lockdown Grizzlies posted that today. Uh, which is kind of wild thinking as where they were at the beginning of the season. Um, and then the Pelicans with Zion, that's going to be fun. Uh, the Mavericks haven't played Zion yet, right? No. No, so that's going to no. be the first time seeing him. That's going to be fascinating to watch. In Dallas, uh, I think they are coming off a back-to-back that night, so there is a slight chance that he doesn't play, and that would be a super big bummer. But speaking of that division, and this in this can be our last talking point unless you have something else. The, this division right now and moving forward, Man. that Pelicans game coming up next week, you know, the Spurs tonight. Grizzlies. Like, are the, the Spurs are in the worst spot of anybody <laughs> right now, right? I mean, and it's just crazy where, where it's at. Of, if you don't know what divisions are anymore, which barely anyone does, Mavericks, Rockets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Spurs. So the Mavericks, Grizzlies, and Pelicans, they all have young talent on lock, like, Close to all all stars, right? Like John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Porzingis, Luca, uh, Brandon Ingram was an all star, and Zion. Like that's crazy. Talking about an all under twenty five team. If you just did divisions, yeah. I mean, you could run KP and Luca. I mean, KP would still count. Zion KP and, ja. and Luca out. Zion, Ja, Jaron Jackson Jr. Let, Ingram I mean, who's coming off the bench. That? That that's insane. So, but yeah, this division, you know, you obviously play these, you know, these teams in your division more than the other teams. But the fact that you have, you know, even just I mean, focus on single players, Luca, Zion, and Ja, and in, in the same division for the next probably what decade at least is, is crazy. But I mean, Houston, Houston's not that far behind San Antonio. I mean, the, as far as who's the leader in the clubhouse for the bleakest future right oh, now? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. That, see, but we don't know when they're 
their starts tipping down, right? Like they're on some they're sure. on some kind of hill, and we're not sure when they're going to start going down the other side of the hill. James Harden is not young. True. Yeah. And so that's the you know that's the thing with Houston's. It's crazy that you know as far as brighter futures, nobody matches. You know, as far as Texas, you know, Dallas has that in the bag right now. But it's just for a lot of you listening to this podcast, us, you know, included this. The Spurs team we've seen for years has been just a staple, and you know, yeah, they're right in the eighth, you know, race for the eighth spot right now in the West. But they've just been a staple in the playoffs, a staple as a good team. Somebody you just looked at and just watch them again tonight, you're like, dang, this is this really is the end, right? I mean, it's just well, they we're, they we're, just fell even with Sacramento, and they're actually below Sacramento because of tiebreakers, which is wild. Uh, so right now there's they have three teams ahead of them for the eighth spot with the, with Sacramento, New Orleans, Portland, and then obviously Memphis in that spot. So, I mean they have to at some point if you're the Spurs you throw in the towel because even moving forward over the next couple of years, I mean teams like the Suns, the T Wolves, like they have brighter futures you know compared to the Spurs, especially if they lose you know Aldridge or DeRozan or somebody you know well Aldridge he says nothing, but if they lose you know DeRozan this coming summer, because after those two guys, I mean who are you looking at as far as young 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 pieces, Lonnie Walker. His hair is well, you look, absolutely look amazing. At, you look at Dejounte Murray; it's a guy we were interested I in. I like him. And yeah. you know, Derek White's a guy that's been you know Team USA and stuff like that. But they're not guys that jump off the page to you. You know, they're yeah. they're interesting young guys, but they're not anybody to get super excited about. No, I like Dejounte Murray. Did not but, expect for yeah. us to talk about divisions. This has been a very weird podcast for us. What? Just the Spurs <laughs> in general. I was looking at their roster tonight after the game, and I was like, "Dang!" Like I watched that game, and I you know saw a lot. I love Lonnie Walker coming out of the draft, but yeah. they got like good like young pieces, but no cornerstone type of guys. And they're I mean they're literally like if DeRozan leaves for nothing this summer, and they don't get anything back for him, then I mean you're looking at a, at least a couple seasons of the Spurs being at the bottom of the league, and you hate to see it. Do you? Not really. Do you? <laughs> not at all. I love it. I love it. All right, last but not least, we got to give a shout out. The one more thing king strikes again. The one more thing king to Zach Stallings and your little boy Dexter. Oh. Happy first birthday. First birthday. Is this the youngest listener of the pod? Dexter. I think your daughter should be the youngest listener of the pod. She ain't listening to no, she ain't listening to the pod, especially your potty <laughs> mouth. anyway stop happy birthday dexter happy birthday dexter man hope you have a good one uh throw a basket and a fisher price hoop for me let's do it there you go all right we'll be back tomorrow guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out